This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus taking your questions in the mailbag this week. And obviously lots of questions. I wish we had some more answers to some of these questions. Uh, but, Nate, uh, first question out of the gates, what are the chances the Big Ten uh, completely redid everyone's schedule instead of trying to patch in an extra game here and there? And I would say it's it's fairly likely. Um I think divisional games are going to get precedence, uh, but then that makes the argument, do you really want Ohio State Michigan not to be the last game of the year? But will we get to a last game of the year? I mean, there's so many unknowns on schedules right now. Yeah, there's so many unknowns, but I would not be surprised one bit if if they basically retooled everyone's schedule, um, you know, maybe outside of the, the first game and the last game. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if – all the, everything else in between was was adjusted in some sort of way. So, um, and and I would think that a lot of that too is probably driven by the networks. You know what Fox, what games Fox wants to see, what matchups they want to see them, and when they, you know, uh, what games they want and when they want them. I would think that that probably plays played some sort of factor in into the the new schedules. In my mind, I could see this: a Thursday game, one Big Ten game, one Friday game. And then, then you parcel out the rest on Saturday where there's very few doubleheaders. Yep. Where if you're a Big Ten football fan, you're going to be able to see almost every game head-to-head other than maybe a coinciding BTN kick with Fox Sports Network, yep. et cetera. But I, I think if you're going to maximize this model that they're going to try to go with, I, I think you have to not have as many head-to-head conflicts as possible. And that might be playing on a Thursday or Friday yeah. when you normally can't do that. Because the campuses and the crowds won't allow it. But this is a year where you're like, all right, we can't make money off the stadium with the crowds, so we got to make money back with the TV. Yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that. In fact, I'd never even thought about that before, but it makes it makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's one way to recoup that that money. I think that if a network could, you know, if, if the, the, the TV networks, if they'd be able to, to lay it out that way, I mean, they'd be – sitting pretty and and be able to to kick back to the conference yeah it's there 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 used to be great thursday night college football great games mm-hmm. i mean i remember growing up watching tiki barber beat florida state on a thursday night game when i was a freshman in high school and going i mean used to kind of want to be home to watch that one thursday night game because yep. it usually was a good game nebraska played texas tech on a thursday they played oklahoma state on a thursday way back in the day but then the NFL recently has gone to Thursday, and everybody's like, oh, no, we're not going to go against the NFL um, on Thursday night. But I think in this case, college football has a case to try to at least play Thursday and Fridays more often than not because of the maximization of the windows. Yeah, well, I mean, there's always the – there's the Mac is always playing on Tuesday, Thursday. Tuesday, Wednesdays. Tuesday, yeah, and so, I mean – in, in They've done well. I mean, I think if you did put a, if you put a Big Ten game on, especially like a marquee Big Ten game on, that would draw. That's going to draw eyeballs. Now Monday, I, I think everybody stays away from Monday. Yeah, I mean, and I really think Tuesday, Wednesday is a stretch. But yeah. I think Thursday, Friday is doable to package in some games. So we'll see where that goes. All right, Nate, this is an interesting question. Why does Nebraska seem to always have more transfers than other schools? And okay, I'm going to go down the list of guys that have left the program since the season ended. Andre Hunt, Katerian Legrone. They were both obviously legal problems. They had, they had to leave the program. Pernell Jefferson, never played, 
ever at Nebraska. He's grad transferring. Yep. John Reardon, medically retired or retired from the game of football. Tony Butler left as a grad transfer. Never played it down to football in Nebraska. It was a Mike Riley recruit. Jalen Bradley uh, was not going to be in the mix at running back, and he's going to go to South Dakota State. I don't think that's been announced yet, but Darian Chase played as a freshman. is going to go to Portland State now, play at Portland State. Um, then you look at Barrett Pickering, medical. McQuitty is going to maybe go to South Dakota now, I've heard. Um, he took a medical, though. He left the game. Javon McQuitty is a receiver. So these are the guys that have left since the season. And i got a couple more to go. Now, these were, these were more of the significant names. J.D. Spielman, that's obviously a significant blow to Nebraska. Noah Vedrill, the depth of the quarterback position. But he's going to start at Rutgers. You can't really blame him. And the Spielman thing, there's a lot more to that story, obviously, with his personal well-being and, and everything else. Yeah. Then, you know – Jerron Woodyard, grad transferred to Marshall because he wasn't in the plans of, as the play as a receiver. Henry Gray and Francois, I think those are probably the two that, you know, you, you could say they, they just got here. But when you go through all those names that I just went through down the list of guys that have left, um, and, you know, if you count Maurice Washington, there's 14 names. But really only two or three were significant or higher profile losses, in my opinion. Yeah, it's not – none of, very few of those guys are, are players were – you you look and say, well, geez, they're I mean they're they're just losing key contributors. Spielman is, yeah, yeah. Spielman's one of those guys, and I understand you know if you're a fan and you're you're frustrated by the fact that Henry Gray and Jaden Francois have already left the program before they even got to fall camp. And I mean, it, it, and rightfully so. I mean, there's but but I, I think that first of all. When there's a player that transfers, whether it is J.D. Spielman or whether it's Pernell Jefferson, uh, at a place like Nebraska, it gets covered by multiple outlets and, and maybe looks like it's a bigger deal than what it normally would be. Where at Iowa State? Yeah, that doesn't even – doesn't make the radar. Yeah, it's not even a blip Minneapolis on Star Tribune, they're, they're not covering it that no. heavily at Minnesota. And so, and plus, I think Nebraska fans are also kind of in their own little bubble, and so – they're aware of. I mean, they're just by the by nature. Nebraska fan knows every aspect of the program, and so they they are aware of every player that moves on. Whereas um, you're not aware of how many players have transferred out of Miami or or you know Virginia Tech or wherever. And so I think it looks, uh, you know, it just it seems like Nebraska is losing a bunch of players. Whereas. I don't know if, if the fans really have any idea of how many players you know, other programs have leaving. And so um, and the other thing, too, is, is I, I do think that when you are a football program that recruits nationally, you are going to be more susceptible. There's more things in between those exactly. kids. There's more variables in play. And so then there's going to be more more uh, attrition because of that and, and so and it's just it's just part of it you're, you are going to see that happen more at, at Nebraska than you're going to see it at a, at a program you know like a Texas or something where they can theoretically recruit their entire recruiting class from from their own in-state so there's, there's things that Nebraska fans care about that you don't see very many other fan bases like get that into they, Nebraska fans care about who the nickel corner is they yeah. care about who the dime corner is they want to know if you're going to rotate in a swing offensive lineman. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. they, they want to know who's going to be a holder. <laughs> and what, what walk-ons are most likely to, to go on scholarship. Like, Can you imagine if we covered Alabama or 
USC or somewhere like that, and and you ask like Nick Saban, like what walk-ons have a chance to play? I mean, it's different here than yeah. a lot of places in that context, and that's what makes this a great place too. I mean, there's a lot of unique elements. But uh, all right, Nate, I want to get to let's see, final question here. Uh, we kind of went long on that one, so I'm going to end it on this one. What is your favorite sports feel-good movie? And I'll go first. Mine was Rudy. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that movie itself, for me, um, you know, it just really hits home how hard he worked and, and what he went through and, and to see it all pay off at the end. I mean, that that one gets me. And you got weird, like, cameo appearances in that movie. Like, Vince Vaughn's a young actor in that movie. Yeah. Um, John Favreau um, is his roommate yeah. um, in, the, in that movie as well. So there's just something about Rudy that gets me every time. My other favorite sports movie would be Hoop Dreams. Um, it's really not a movie, it's a documentary, but it really, truly, for what they captured over five years, it was such a real story, and, and that always will be one of my favorite sports movies slash documentaries. It won a lot of awards uh, back in the 90s. Yeah, I don't think you can really argue with Rudy. Uh, I think that's, to me, that's probably like the universal feel-good sports movie. I, I just I don't, Hoosiers. Yeah, Hoosiers is too. Um, you know, and I, I think that, um, you know, I've, Another one that I like is is um, you know I don't know if you would necessarily call it a, a feel good movie or or if it'd fall into the same category as a Rudy but like remember the Titans you oh know, yeah that's I mean I think that's that's a good one a good classic sports movie but uh, uh, yeah I, I think you could any any of those is uh, is right up there for me on my list Coach Boone and Coach Yo so he used to come down in the Army All American yeah. Bowl every year and uh, I got to meet him one year and it was kind of cool I mean just like whoa I mean he's, that movie. Was was such a great story how they told that movie but yeah you can go down the line you know a sports movie to make it feel good they obviously got to win you know yeah like friday night lights was a good movie but man i wish they would have beat dallas carter yeah. you just would have like left feeling much better if they would have won that game at the yep. end yeah that was that would have changed it all um but at the same time i mean the, the story is is a little different um it was still yeah that's that's another really good sports movie though i think that uh that a lot of people have watched and like major league major league well yeah i, I don't know if that's yeah i guess that is kind of a feel-good uh movie. every yeah. time we win we peel a <laughs> section yeah that's that is that's one of my favorites too um the major league and uh i think each one maybe was not quite as good as as the the first or the you know uh, but I, and that's that's pretty common but yeah major league is is got to be right up there all right when we come back there was a big football camp in omaha over the weekend it was a who's who of local talent nate klaus will give us the full breakdown as we wrap up the show next you're listening here to the husker online show